Hey, Hoff. Why don't you start the episode? Hi, guys. I am your host, Terry Doty. Welcome to Obscure Chatter. If this is your first time here, I am watching something that you don't know about because I'm keeping it a mystery. And uh, it's just dictating the runtime. When I have guests, which is hit or miss right now, obviously, because, you know, pandemic's still a thing. Um, we watch one of their top five movies that they would show somebody in order to get to know them better. Over the course of the past two years uh, and some change, I have been doing a lot of solo episodes and um, we've definitely covered my top five and a few top 10, top 15 alternatives. So I am now watching an episode of something, which I will not say, so my engineer slash co-creator slash co-producer doesn't have to beep anything. Um, But it's an episode, it's the premiere pilot episode of a show that I really didn't want to like. And I don't think I fully did at the time. But being that, you know, time is quite a beast and definitely makes you reflect on certain things. I'm watching it and appreciating it more right now. And so I figured that might be a good episode to not to be able to talk over. It also, yeah, is something that I definitely do. If you're watching TV with me, I'm definitely going to talk over it. So if it's your first time watching it, unless it's my first time watching it, I'm definitely going to talk over it. I'm that friend. I know. <laughs> But, uh, and if you are unfamiliar with me, I'm Terry Doty. I'm a professional chatterbox and a professional typer. And mostly this is just an outlet for me to get to talk to y'all with y'all about whatever is on my mind and kind of giving you a recap of what's going on. Um, I can definitely and possibly will go over professional stuff, uh, cast announcements. There haven't been many, but... Um, and just general, like, pop culture things. I had initially last week, um, I was planning on doing the show then, uh, but I, um, I got kind of distracted with some personal stuff, and then, uh, the day that I had initially planned to record at night, uh, was the day of the shooting in Uvalde, and I just, I just couldn't do it. And I'm of two minds about it because as a podcast and just a show that is essentially um, an audible diary at this point for unless I have a guest, uh, it's kind of hard to not talk about it. But then I also see I see the merit in possibly just making this a really fun random episode. But I've talked about some heavy shit on this show. Again, if it's your first time listening... I've been very open about just being estranged from my family and um, dealing with having a a miscarriage and just uh, a whole mess of shit. Like uh, death, obviously, is a big one. Um, And just mental struggles, all that stuff. So I feel like I'm kind of torn. I live in Texas. I've lived in Texas most of my life. I was born in Philadelphia, and I, as a Navy brat, moved all over the place. But both my parents are from Texas. I was 
born in Pennsylvania. My brother was born in California. But I don't know. Texas is where most of my family is from, even and most of my found family as well. And growing up here, it's been interesting to not really see the dialogue change too much in the way of positive change um, when it comes to the issue of guns. Uh, I remember in high school, oh, no, no, not even in high school. I used to live in this duplex right by Sam Houston High School um, when I was still going to junior high. The junior high has since been torn down. But um, I remember getting ready for junior high one morning and hearing a pop, pop, and just looking out of my bedroom window and seeing the Sam Houston High School parking lot and seeing a bunch of people fleeing, but one person not moving on the ground. And my mother, I think, meant to just kind of, I I really can't fathom what made her kind of just be like, you're going there next year, like as she's looking at this too. That's pretty much all she said before uh, she kind of told me to hurry up and keep getting ready for school. I've, my, I, I've had friends that have been shot. I have personally seen someone get shot in the face point blank. And the only thing that saved his life was the fact that he was wearing braces. I watched him slowly get up after the card that pulled over rolled down its window, shot him in the face, and then drove off. I watched him fall down and then slowly get back up and walk toward me, just holding his jaw, more pissed that he was bleeding on his shoes than the fact that he was shot in the face and still here. I... (laughs) Um, my, my father tried to teach my brother and I how to use a gun and I, I cried. I have a gun now and it terrifies me to this day. I know that that seems counterproductive, but, um, I have one. I'm very slowly learning how to use it and I very much keep forgetting that it is there. I don't know if I can keep it. It has caused me so much anxiety but I got it at a time that I was absolutely terrified. <laughs> and um, yeah, uh, that's kind of wild, I know. Um, but also, yeah, for some people, not so much. It's just like, yeah, what's the big deal? The big deal is I, I, I just don't, I have no words. And I know it's not the first shooting that us in America have been subjected to witnessing in the news, but uh, I don't know. And it's not just that I'm in Texas. Uvalde's not necessarily very close. Texas is very much four states in one. I drive through Uvalde. I used to drive through Uvalde all the time. It, It's not about that. It's that there's just no making this okay, what happened. And there's no... There's just no words. The The day after it happened, I went to work and 
I actually got like a text from uh, the my friend who also does my nails, Nancy, and her and I had actually spent our entire last appointment uh, together um, just talking about the shooting in Buffalo and all this stuff. So she never texts me really kind of out of the blue, especially in the morning. And she's like, I had to drop my drop my kids off at school today. And it was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. She's like, you and I just had this giant conversation about this. And I don't know if my kids are going to make it home. And all I did was drop them off at school. So that talking to her a little bit and then uh, it prompted me to check in with friends that uh, other friends that have children and they're like that's so sweet of you to ask you know we're fine and checked in with some co-workers that I know have kids and some schools are out or uh, were out already some weren't and it's just the more and more I learn about it the more kind of at a complete loss that I feel uh there were just moments where I would be at work and people are like, hey, what's up? I'm like, I'm just thinking. And I had to put that aside in order to keep working on, at the time, what I told myself was just something that didn't mean anything in the grand scheme. So I'm feeling better, but by no means am I remotely done being angry. I don't know if I'll ever not be angry. Now, it just hurts. It hurts a lot. So, um, I can't promise that I won't go back to that subject. It's so odd because, um, if you follow me on Instagram, Twitter, anything like that, TikTok, which I'm back on all of them, uh, (laughs) told myself in a a past episode or two, like, I'm never going to go back and I'm back on all of them. I wish that I'd just taken a social media break and come back because then I wouldn't have lost all my followers (laughs) and just all my fun content that I definitely was like, I'm never going to miss this and I miss it. But, uh, which seems so stupid in retrospect to what I was just talking about. But um, I've known this wonderful human being, Angela Stidham, for now 24 years. She was my theater arts teacher my freshman year of high school. And I have been out of high school for 20 years. That's insane, y'all. But I, um, before the pandemic, I had been kind of trying to see Stidham's classes uh, once a year to talk to them about voice acting, to talk to them about writing. I started out as a stage manager for Stidham, and I wanted to direct plays, and I was even considering being a, a playwright and a poet, and then I started doing stand-up, then I fell in love with that, and I liked being, you know, the co- the comedic relief, and just started doing more and more, and then indie films, most of which have not seen the light of day, and I'm very, very grateful for that. Oh, my God. But, um... Uh, haven't been able to do it these past couple of years. And what really sucks is I, I've, I'd i really gotten to know these kids these past couple of visits. And I, I always leave these experiences feeling lighter. Like these kids 
just I grew up and went to this high school. I did not go specifically to this high school. Um, Stidham had since since she started teaching at Sam Houston High School, moved to different various schools, and I always just kind of follow her wherever she's teaching at. And she, you know, likes to brag about me, kind of like a mom would. It makes me feel really good. And she's had other successful students. I've had other successful classmates, and it's just really kind of nice to give back. Although, very much as a mom, she likes to kind of do this stupid thing where she's like, Terry could have charged me to come here. But she didn't, because that's how good she is. And you're kind of like, Mom, stop. No. Just because you've known her, uh, I've known her for so long. But this time was a little different because uh, public school is definitely, uh, I've seen just with certain conditions, Stidham not be appreciated the way I think she should be. And uh, the first class, oh my God. Okay, first of all, I get there. And I forget very quickly that these administrators are used to talking to children because I was lost and they very much talked to me as if I was like a 14-year-old child. So I had to very much get like a, look, I'm not a child. I'm just here to talk to some kids about art. All right. <laughs> um, but eventually I get there and I forgot that I'm not just talking to high schoolers this time. I'm also talking to some of Stidham's junior high and sixth graders. And those are a different batch. They're a little more, whoo! <laughs> like, uh, I actually got, like, it got to the point where I'm like, hey, man, I'm pretty sure Miss Stidham just told you that you kind of needed to pay attention, and it's kind of hard to talk if you're talking too. And of course, like him doing the like, I'm like, dude, I get it. You're 13. But if you could just da 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 da. He said something else. I don't remember. And Stidham was like, you know what? Actually, Sergio. And Sergio got written up. I'm like, oh my God, the referral hasn't even changed since my time. Oh my God, I see the thick pamphlet. Oh my God. But yeah, it was really awkward because she left to like fill it out and take him to the principal's office. And I'm just like standing there like, yeah, who wants to talk about my hero academia? <laughs> so that was a little more intense than it needed to be. But then I got to the teenagers and oh my gosh, that's where I'm like, oh, these are like, I'm, I'm meeting some kids that are like ready to make this their own thing and got to talk about perhaps some of the the cultural disjointedness like because me uh being raised in a Mexican household I I wasn't I wasn't really encouraged to do something because I was passionate about it it's uh is this going to make you money and arguing at 17 18 like no I just want to go to this acting conservatory in New York um I want to take you know film classes at Katie Studios, which is local to the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Like, I want to do all of this. I want to think about getting an agent. I want to keep doing stage. I want to start doing film. I want to keep writing. And the whole time kind of being constantly met with, so you want to be poor. You're already poor. Why do you want to be more poor? So I actually was very honest with the kids about some stuff and I found them appreciating that. Like, there was one beautiful student that uh, she's like, well, I'm in a show right now, and I'm really self-conscious about my Brooklyn accent. So her and I, like, talked back and forth and, you know, just being like, my God, 
this makes dealing with the 6th, 7th, and 8th graders worth it. Because then, you know, and then uh, Stidham took me to lunch, and we had to just catch up as family. She's been going through a lot, and I just... It's kind of like talking, catching up with your mom sometimes. Uh, I don't know if I've ever fully told her that. But, uh, you know, she is the reason that I decided to pursue this. Her and my other theater arts teacher in high school, Kitty Ferguson. I So it was just kind of surreal to be, like, walking around the halls again. And then, like, yeah, I got into a teacher's lounge at one point because Stidham needed something. And they were having ice cream sundaes. I'm like, do... Uh, <laughs> Do they always have ice cream sundaes in the teacher's lounge? Like, I felt like I immediately was put back into the the shoes of, like, my 17-year-old self, which, honestly, if you look at what I was wearing then and what I'm wearing now, the only difference is that uh, it's less thrift store, but it's still pretty thrift store. It's chucks, pants, hoodie. That's it. That has been my look for over 20 years now, and I love it. Probably will never let it go. Um... And luckily at work, they let me wear that too. I even have an official work hoodie. Ha! But (laughs) I just can't wear as many horror-related things. But (laughs) just kind of like seeing like in the teacher's lounge, I felt like I'm like, oh my God, it's so crazy. But then I'm like, I'm at least 10 years younger than some of the teachers, so I don't know why this is shocking to me. You just get to that old frame of mind. It's like when you haven't... I would imagine if we had decided to do a homecoming thing or, you know, uh, like a high school reunion, which uh, I set something up for my 10-year high school reunion with some friends, like at my house. But they did, those, I guess the alumni association did try to do something, but they were, I, I felt they were charging us way too much. So I just didn't go and then just told the people that I wanted to see, hey, come over to my house. Around this time, bring your significant others. Let's talk about life. And uh, Stidham herself, she's like, oh, no, you don't want to go to your 10-year high school reunion. You want to go to your 20-year, because that's when you'll really see where people are at. <laughs> and um, I've thought about it. I'm like, I don't I don't know if I would want to do that. But I, I highly doubt something is being set up. But if it is, I'd love to go and just kind of be like, oh, hey, like, see who's dead. See who's famous. See who's famously dead. I don't, and then, uh, yeah, see who's like just thriving and probably a lot of people. Uh, I went to high school with a lot of awesome people and not just theater arts kids, but the theater arts kids. I mean, come on. But so that kind of takes me back to what happened a few days ago is I, I had to be buzzed in to go into the high school and they were so overwhelmed with like parents and stuff that I was supposed to show my ID and like check in. That's how I had done it every year previously. And they were just so overwhelmed. They're like, just go like, oh. and uh, I've talked at elementary schools, like since Sandy Hook, that's when I had to start getting buzzed in. And so that just brings me back to, I'm like, how did this man just walk in? <sighs> It's going to haunt me. And honestly, if I'm being 100% brutally honest, if if you feel nothing when you read about this, your heart is fucking dead. And if you're fine with that, 
That's fine. I often am kind of painted as being this cynical, uber-sarcastic, dry sense of humor person, but I, I'm very much alive inside. Uh, and I, I just, it's hard. Some of the nightmares that have been happening, like, it's been a while since I've had a legit, really hardcore nightmare that I've had to be woken up from. And I am not a parent. I'm not someone that will never see their baby again. (laughs) It just fucking hurts. It really, really does. I'm... And for a while, yeah, like, social media, it's the dumbest thing to even, like, bring up, but here we are. It's like, I I wanted to talk about, like, oh, the show is out, and, oh, I think this is really funny, and being like, how stupid do you have to be right now to, like, bring this up? Don't bring it up, because it's not important. And I am working on, perhaps, trying to donate and be more active in my community than I have been able to with my current schedule. But there, there's just got to be, there's got to be more. A retweet and a post and a like doesn't do a damn thing. Start doing the work because it seems like we're it. We have to do the work. And that's all there is to it. So on a lighter note, um, if you are If you are not following Obscure Chatter on Twitter, please do so, because I did ask a lot of you lovely individuals to ask me questions for this show, and many of you did not disappoint. But let's see. I would love to talk about that. Let's figure this out. Mm -mm 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 -mm. What do we got? Oh, this first one is from Aaron Daniel. In my last episode, um... I showed, pardon me, this uh, embroidery, I don't know what you call it specifically, Aaron will call me out, of um, the Obscure Chatter logo, which is uh, some chattering green teeth with chicken feet eating some film. Pardon me. That artwork was done by Steve Yurko, my brother from another mother, and uh, (laughs) I basically gave him just the general concept was I wanted some chattering teeth and for it to have chicken legs. I really, I don't know why. But uh, Aaron asks, does the set of chattering wind-up teeth of the OC logo have a name? If not, perhaps they should get one. I uh, think I've revealed this before, but his name, um, what was that? Let's see. Somebody guessed it. Galactic.husky. We follow each other on TikTok and I think Twitter as well which I could look right now, but you guessed that his name was Chester, and I'm like, oh, he does look like a Chester, yes. But his name is actually Jimothy. That is Jim Uthy, or Jimothy, if you're feeling saucy. Um, I think I've revealed it before, but who knows? Maybe I haven't. Maybe I've only, but like anytime, I, I sometimes consider getting like little enamel pins of Jimothy or... Uh, if obscure chatter keeps going on for ages, I think about like, what I, like what a tattoo artist friend of mine, like be down for doing like a Jimothy tattoo. Who knows? Um, but, uh, his name is Jimothy. So there's that. I got it from rewatching the office, um, a little bit before the show, st- uh, the show started, which in June, the show will have been going for three years. 
Congrats, Stephen. Congrats. Cheers. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, there's a Michael Scott episode where he's trying to talk to Jim, and he's like, "James, Jim, Jimothy," and that's where it, <laughs> it stuck. All right, this is from Marcus or Jeremy. This is from Jeremy. Since cinema is full of remakes and rehashes, are there any properties you'd like given a second chance on the big screen? Or perhaps a story you'd love to see get its first chance? Um, let's see. I am really looking forward to the animated series of Laura Olympus. I really don't know if it's going to happen because I know Netflix is going through a big restructuring and I know they dropped a lot of potential new shows. But that would be gorgeous. Uh, but if you're a frequent listener of Obscure Chatter, you know I'm obsessed. I am absolutely obsessed. The first thing that came to mind was honestly Scott Pilgrim, but no, like that seems stupid. I don't know why that came to mind because it's I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, first chances, I'm always down for... I, I tend to read a lot of YA and a lot of romance and love stories. I've recently been getting into a lot of uh, historical romances. I don't know why. I also read horror and science fiction, fantasy. A uh, big book that's coming out is the second series in... Um, uh, These Hollow Vows by Lexi Ryan. I've been a fan of Lexi's since her Here and Now series. Um, I got the first one for free on a uh, deal from BookBub, and I've kind of been a huge fan of hers ever since. I'm actually rereading a whole other series right now. But I would love to see that brought to the big screen, the These Hollow Vows. But um, the second book isn't out until July. Uh, but it's very it's uh, in the fae genre, and yeah. I would love to see that. I just finished Discovery of Witches, which I've been watching on Shudder. And it's just been kind of a, it's a slow burn one. I'm obsessed with the the series of books by Deborah Harkness. So that was fun to read. I clearly like fantasy, supernatural, all of that. Ah, The remakes and rehashes... I was actually just kind of surprised when I looked up Carrie because I really like the I really do like the book Carrie a lot more than I like pretty much any rendition of the movie. But if you're going to watch a movie, you're obviously going to think of the Sissy Spacek one. Uh, there's an Angela Bettis USA original uh, series that is a little more faithful to the book, and uh, then there's um, the Chloe whatever she was Hit Girl and kick-ass. That was just not good. It was not good. But um, I wish they would leave Carrie alone. Carrie's fine. Leave her alone. Because um, we just, for some reason, to me, I feel like there's just something really hard to capture about a woman being pissed with supernatural ability. I feel like it's just so easy to get wrong, and I don't know why. Hello, Dark Phoenix ever? First of all, anytime you refer to it as the saga, it's never the saga, people. The closest we got was the animated series, and even then, we only got a little taste. Stop. You're hurting it. <laughs> You're hurting our... Um, the Scarlet Witch, you know, was a close 
thing. But even then, it's like, well, we built up this whole thing for her to be this giant thing. And everyone's like, yeah, saw that coming. But everyone's like, this doesn't make any sense. I'm like, no spoilers, sorry. Um, I feel like just a pissed off chick with telekinesis is really hard to <laughs> to do right. I don't know why. Uh, someone proved me wrong. I don't know. Um, uh, with that, if you're going to mention Stranger Things, I am really not a fan of anything past season one. I don't think it's a nostalgia thing. I think they're just too meta and aware of stuff and try to be too fan-pleasing. It's weird. I'm just not into it. I'm going to give season four what? I'm going to give it my two-episode, like, strike thing. I'm not, and it's got it's got all the the things that I should love about it, but I just it's it's so forced to me. But yeah, um, I can't think of anything immediately. I read everything, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure. If I think of something, I'll probably all caps like message you, be like, I thought of it. Ha ha! But thank you, Jeremy. Ba 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 ba. Let's see. This comes. Oh my gosh, I'm not going to destroy your name because it looks like a really badass name. Um, but it, uh, when I read your question, I would love it if you could like spell it out phonetically for me because I would love to be able to say it or just send me an audio file or something. But, um, what are some foods you would consider fridge essentials? Hmm, <sighs> fridge essentials. Well, um, there are a lot of things I, I don't want to have refrigerated. Like, um, I didn't know until I was an adult that you shouldn't be refrigerating apples. Like, <laughs> um, let's see. Fridge essentials. Milk. I, I drink everything, but I really loved oat milk until everybody loved oat milk and made it impossible to get. But, um, some kind of milk because I have to have cereal in the morning Pretty much Monday through Friday. On um, the weekends is the only time I stray away from cereal. And it can't be a sugary cereal. But again, cereal is different than our uh, pantry items. That's more than that. Hmm. I love hummus. I kind of get hummus a lot. Baby carrots. I get baby carrots and carrots a lot. Uh, pretty much every time. Because it's very hard to get vegetables sometimes that uh, don't require them to be cooked. And so I do try to get very snackable vegetables when I can. Hmm. Any kind of bub like I really do like bubbly, like pretty much every brand, uh, flavor of bubbly. Uh, lime is the best though. Liquid Death I've also been really into, but it's hard to get. Topo Chico is impossible to get right now, but that's something. Uh, basically, anything that's water but doesn't make me think I'm drinking water that isn't loaded with sugar. Also, to trick my brain into thinking I'm having a soda when I'm not. I, yeah. Mm-mm-mm-mm. When does a hoodie need to be retired from activewear? Hmm. I don't know if I've ever worn a hoodie for activewear purposes. My first hoodie, uh, a hoodie that friends constantly asked to borrow in high school, was this random blue Hanes hoodie that I found at... Uh, Oh my God, Thrift World or Thrift Center? It used to be right down the street from my first place uh, with my roommates, John, Andy, and Max. Um, Thrift City. That's what it was. Thrift City. 
Um, but I, I like tore off the little cuffs and put safety pins like through the hole, uh, like through the seam and made that kind of like a thumb hole. I loved that hoodie and I don't know when I stopped wearing it. I think after a certain point, you wash it enough that it's like, I don't know what I am anymore. And that's when I donated for it to have a new life with a new family. <sighs> and then I ride off into the sunset. Single tear. <laughs> so to answer your question, I have about currently 10 plus hoodies in circulation. And it takes my partner to be like, this one's got to go. Like, oh, no, this is one of the house hoodies. He's like, no, you already have two. I don't think you need three more. So you have to pick out of these. What are your two house hoodies? <laughs> That's not a joke. Do you have any stories you're allowed to talk about from your hospitality days? Hospitality. What do you think he means by hospitality, Stephen? I've worked in retail a lot. I don't know if I've... Uh, 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 let's follow up on that. I don't know what you mean by that. Okay, this is from Renat. If you could... Uh, if you could have anything you wanted without consequences, or if you could do anything you wanted without consequences, what would you do and why? Fantastically, if I could do anything I want without consequences, I just want to be able to speak every language in the world. Basically, I don't want to be out of any conversation ever. Um, but it, if you could do anything you wanted without consequences, and why? That's a hard one. I don't think I would ever murder anyone. But isn't that just kind of the thing that you're going to point to if I like snap one day or something? I don't foresee that. Oh my God, that is the worst thing to joke about. But uh, I, one thing I could do, I would love to slap someone like on camera, like, I don't know, telenovela style. That's the first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> like in order uh, because I'm like man what would I what could I do with like if there were no consequences I'm like I'm assuming that's something that you just kind of like hold back on <laughs> on doing right like <laughs> you're not just gonna actively be like oh smack smack uh like let me <laughs> I don't know I don't know what I'm saying I just think that um I I'm not going to slap anybody Let's see what else have we got. What solo projects are you working on right now? Like writing this is from Rick Cole, um, or anything you want to boost. I'm just working on writing stuff for work. Nothing that I would really like promote. And be like, hey, check this out. Um, and I'm still, when I can, working on my own personal projects. But, um, well, I guess. I did post about this, but the second half of Moriarty the Patriot is finally out, but it's not out on Funimation.com. It is on Crunchyroll, and that's when I got to play a very, very rude aristocrat named Doris, and 
That was a fun session. I got to record that remotely, but I got to work with Raleigh Pickens, who, you know, he's been a co-worker at Okratron 5000 off and on, and occasionally we get to work together. But I, you know, um, he cast me in Asteroid in Love, and we worked together on the Dragon Ball Super movie. I was Russian for some reason. And <laughs> uh, I think it was in the Frieza movie with him, too. Uh, the, uh, with the wonderfully talented Christopher Ayers. What was it? Oh, what was it? It was the one with, like, Frieza's Hell, Stephen. Dragon Ball. Resurrection F. Thank you, Stephen. What would I do without you? Don't answer that. Mm-mm-mm-mm. But, um, yeah, he was a lot of fun to work with because um, he's obviously a lot closer to Steven at work than he is with me. And um, <laughs> sometimes I'll give, like, his daughter Play-Doh or I'll give him, like, a New Yorker tote bag and be like, hey, I have too many totes. I'm not a lot. <laughs> I have as many totes as I do hoodies, if that tells you anything. So I had to give him one of those and blah, blah, blah. But we got to talk about just life in between little lines here and there. We randomly talked way too much about just one of the guys, which was an 80s movie about a girl named Terry that pretends to be a guy in high school. Very weird movie, but we latched on to that for some reason. And uh, pretty much there was a point in uh, my youth where I was trying to document anytime there was a character named Terry. And I was trying to determine if your character being named Terry determined whether or not you were going to die or just have a miserable experience on film. So, uh, like in horror movies, it's like Hellraiser 3, Terry, oh, she's dead. Uh, what was it? Uh, Jaws 2, Terry, she was skiing and she shouldn't have been. Uh, Dawn of the Dead remake with uh, Zack Snyder directing. There's a Terry, it alludes at the very end to him dying. Spoiler alert. But yeah, like, um, so talked about that. And then, you know, um, I found out that if I'm not thinking about it, when I see the word Viscount, I will always say Viscount. And so, my God, Why? Why would I do that? But I got to talk a little more proper than I typically get to with a British accent. Um, and she was just a lot of fun. I kept like quoting my favorite drag queen, Trixie Mattel, just being like, hi, poor, because I was a very horrible character. And it's just sometimes really fun to play someone so cartoonish. I don't know. Cartoonishly bad. Like, I don't know why. But let's see. What else have we got? We got one from... Megan, if you could have a pocket version of any character that you've played uh, that followed you around and was like a little familiar, who would you pick and why? That's a cute one. Um, hmm. I played a lot of cuties. I've been very lucky. A lot of horrible people that are basically me animated too, so... First one that comes to mind is Sophia from uh, Slime. So I'll say Sophia because uh, she'll be adorable. Maybe she could be a white tiger sometimes. Maybe she could just be, for some reason, some kind of animal-human hybrid that can also fly. Uh, <laughs> so who knows? Let's see. Let's switch over. We talked about that. <laughs> Jean uh, asked by my four-year-old nephew, 
Ask her what her favorite game is. Well, Jean's nephew, I don't play video games. I think I break people's... But uh, I don't know if it's a video game. If it's my favorite board game, it is chess. I love playing chess. I haven't played in a little while because um, Hoff doesn't really like playing chess as often as I do. Uh, But chess is my favorite game. But if it's a favorite game from childhood, I did love playing dodgeball, but that's mostly because I was better at dodging than some people. Uh, Let's see. Card game. I'd say Uno. I liked playing the match game, too. Hated playing Clue. Hated Clue. Hated life. Uh, Life was so boring. And I always ended up with, like, three sets of triplets and shit. It was stupid. I'm like, I don't want to do this. I'm like, you're married. I'm like, I didn't want... Maybe my character didn't want to get married ever. You don't know. But, oi. Um. <laughs> trying to think. What other games could... Uh, I don't know. But uh, old video game. Like, I... The last video system that I got... Like, not that we got as a couple, me and Steven, was, um, uh, the original PlayStation. We didn't say, have to say PlayStation 2, 3, 4, or 5. It was just the PlayStation. And I played one game because we only had one, and I'm pretty sure my brother stole it from somebody. And that was Mortal Kombat 3. Sindel with the hya, the whip hair, the hya hya. She didn't sound like that. <laughs> um, but I did not know how to play it. I was just a button masher, so I was not the person to play if um you didn't know what you're doing because I was gonna kick your ass just because I'm a button masher. But if you weren't a button masher like me and actually knew what you were doing, you definitely kicked my ass very quickly. Didn't play a lot of games, and I'm not a, a D&D person, role-playing person. It's just, uh, I'm bored. And it's not a matter of, uh, we, I talked about this in Donald Schultz's show, and I've had some time to talk about it because he brought up some people, especially older people, can often not want to do that because they're afraid of looking stupid. And I I had some time to think about it. I think I even mentioned it during Sarah Pantilia's episode where... um. I don't know. It's just, I don't find it fun. Like, I can be the friend that's hanging out to the side while you play. But I've definitely been taken to a party where I promised uh, I was promised it was going to be a party. And then I see a giant table with a map. And I'm like, Ugh, this is not going to be a fun night. And then look around and find that uh, no one drinks. Be like... This is super not going to be a fun night, and my friend drove me here. <laughs> Why? Lord. So, um, one other thing that I'll, men- I'll mention briefly, I did mention it a little bit, of uh, my kind of just very quick take on the remote versus in-studio, and then just the union thing. I'm not going to mention this actor by name, because he actually meant really, really well. But I got contacted a couple, like like a week ago, week and a half ago. It's like, hey, just so you know, um, like you should be getting just as much work as LA people. I'm like, I agree. 
just as a voiceover person, excuse me, I burped. And it was basically like, if you ever need help kind of figuring this out, let me know. It was totally a really sweet message to get. What I was worried about is who else he messaged that might take this as a slight, saying, you're clearly not working hard enough. Um, do you need help? I absolutely love the idea behind camaraderie and trying to lift everybody up. Unfortunately, in my 14 years, there are still moments, no matter where I am, where it feels like you're against everybody else. And I really fucking hate that. I hate that with the burning passion of a thousand suns. I, and it's growth, definitely from therapy and just working in this industry so long. I've been a performer since I was 14 years old. Like, uh, Stidham let me do, like, got me in touch with, like, community theater and stuff. As a teenager, I did, I got to do some really great stuff that a young performer probably wouldn't have had access to unless someone was helping them along the way. So I have been acting for 24 years. And uh, I consider myself a creative, obviously, in my normal nine-to-five job now, where I, I get to focus more on the writing and directing and showrunning aspect of my training, uh, but still get to talk to the actors and help them get into mindsets and tell them where I was at and what I was thinking when I wrote this line for them. All that stuff. I don't have to do the hustle the way I used to. I realized that I had one of the best years I'd ever had in 2001. 2001 was probably uh, with the release of Wave Listen to Me, and I was doing a bunch of video game stuff, three projects of which have not come out, and I don't know if they'll come out within this next year. That's just original animation and just original productions. Um, and just do what you can when you can. And I, when I got, you know, headhunted and offered the job that I have now, it was very much like a, but I'm a performer. Do I really want to slow down on that side and be a little more selective with my work when that means that I'm just going to be less available for perhaps a dream role? And then I thought about the benefits, health insurance, 401k, uh, law assistance if I ever needed a lawyer for some reason, uh, dental, vision. Uh, I even have fucking pet insurance now. My dog has pet insurance. And all of that, on top of that, I'm not paying over $1,000 a month for basic care. So it was a really easy decision to slow down on the acting side. It's been since January, and sometimes friends will try to call me in or colleagues that I haven't had the chance to work with yet in a director-actor capacity or something like that. I still get auditions. I still audition. All that stuff. But it is very, very hard to feel that hunger now. But... There were moments, especially in the last couple of years, where I'd be talking to friends or what I believe to be friends and being like, oh, yeah, no, I just got cast in this. And them just not talk to me like I personally wronged them. 
And it actually took this weird moment where (laughs) I'm like, they think I took this from them. And we have to stop thinking about this in the way of, I lost this role. You never had it. You had the opportunity to audition. Every audition that I have, I get myself a little something, and I thank myself for trying. If I get the role, the role is the bonus. The auditioning, that is the work. (laughs) So just with all this in mind, on top of that, with remote recording these past couple of years coming up so hugely, it definitely exposed people that were in lesser concentrated areas for performance. Um, it exposed them to the game because they didn't have to be local to the studios that they were recording in. And that's something, even since Stidham days for me, that I was always stressed, is you go where the work is. You go where the work is. So now that it's definitely going back a little bit, it's, well, wait. People that don't live in the areas that these recording studios are at will stop getting as many opportunities. It sucks. That's all I can say. It fucking sucks. My training wants to say, my training from years of workshops and like weeks, monthly, like weekly, monthly classes, all this stuff wants to say, it sucks, but it should not surprise you because your training has told you that you have to go where the work is. So I've got friends in L.A., right? And they work, they work their fucking asses off. And I think it is very much like where we forget Texas is a huge fucking area. Texas is often underestimated as far as talent. There's New York and there's L.A. They're all, yes, there are smaller little subsets uh, just throughout the world. Like, I always think, like, for improv performers, I think, like, Second City and all this stuff. (sighs) I never feel like I am against L.A. or New York talent. It's who is right for the role. And I can really, really want something very, very bad and get my, my feelings fucking hurt when it doesn't happen. But never at any point do I feel as though I've been personally slighted for not getting it. So-and-so clearly did something that I didn't, clearly did something that only they could do. It really is that simple. Again, remote recording is phenomenal. Whenever um, I've been traveling, if I've been traveling within five days of a session, I have to do remote with pretty much any studio that I've done anything with. And that's just a safety thing. I had a a COVID scare at work the other day, and the way that I know this is me and 15 other people in a meeting room happened to be getting an alert all from the same 
HR person saying, hey, so I'm sure by now that you've heard (laughs) that we did have a couple of outbreaks in the office. And we were all like, um, well, this is the first we're hearing of it, and we're all in a room together. So (laughs) there were a few more meetings after that via WebEx and Slack, and stuff got worked out. COVID is still very much a thing. I myself take a very big medication for an autoimmune disorder that I have. It or disease, however you want to say it. I do have problems and I'm still doing a mix of remote and in-studio stuff. So nobody, I'd say that there is no perfect system and we definitely are kind of failing upward sometimes being like, yeah, that sucked, but we got it done, didn't we? And you're kind of like bleeding from your eyes going, yeah, I guess. So in response to the the few things about like, well, no, you guys deserve this and blah, 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 blah. I agree. I, uh, you know, have also done the whole, like, should we unionize? Should we not? And the reality is there are benefits to the union and benefits to not the union. I am currently SAG eligible. And, uh, I've, I have the ability to be a part of a union right now. And I've not taken that opportunity, and it's been over a year since I've been SAG eligible. And it's because I still don't, like, after reading all of these things and going to meetings with, you know, SAG people, FICOR people, people that instinctively want to stay indie, they don't really have it figured out either. They've just kind of been like, I picked this road, this direction to walk in, and that's the way I'm walking. Sometimes there are branches that I don't see, and sometimes the road just disappears. (laughs) Or path. I forget where I... Anyways. So right now, I'm still very much learning as I go and trying not to make definitive decisions. I haven't gotten into any arguments with anybody. I think that... There have been some articles recently and just a lot of talking where it's getting pretty heated, but I feel like we're all on the same page. We're just all talking in different ways about it. So if you want to keep asking me about stuff, I'm going to give you a very like, no, you can deal with this or you can deal with that. You can deal with this or you can deal with that. You can deal with this and you can deal with that. I don't know. I don't think any of us have it figured out, but um, that's just my perspective on it is that we're still learning as we go, and there are definitely uh, pros and cons to any decision we make because that's life. So on that note, I really do appreciate you guys taking time out of your day to spend some time with me, and there will be our official three years next month. Um, Like, I don't know if we're going to do something. Maybe we'll just buy a bunch of streamers and keep throwing it at Steven throughout like all of our our third, uh, three year anniversary party. I don't know. But I really hope that you guys are taking care of yourselves and that you're knowing when to back away and just breathe. If you're struggling, know that you're not alone. 
And if you're failing to cope with the world as it is, you're not alone. I'm with you, and I'm really glad that you decided to spend some time with me today. There will be some links in my uh, episode description that can possibly act as resources if you feel that you can donate or just want to learn more about how to be more proactive. Um, Until next time, read good shit, watch good shit, and just try to be good. Bye.